If normalcy exists, liberalism is evil because evil erodes normalcy and liberalism is antithetical to normalcy. Liberalism and normalism are irreconcilable. If there is such a thing as a moral norm, liberalism is a corruption of that norm. To be free is to be without preferences. To be totally free is to choose everything with a throw of the dice. Were we free of all preferences, how would we choose a mate or a drink? The most perverse and unlikely thing in a free world is a justice system. It is the one thing that could not exist without a sense of normalcy. But this offends liberals because justice for a liberal is being free to exercise whatever choice one wishes to make. Transgender theorists want normalcy to mean a transgender person is treated as the sex they identify as. Liberal justice is a CIS man who is willing to marry a sexual male who identifies as female because the gender identity corresponds to the CIS person's sexual preference for a mate. CIS persons, in other words, ought not be constrained by their CIS normative preferences. This does make sense. How is one even a CIS male if one does not reject transgender females? But a people seeking to divorce themselves from objective standards are free in a sense normal will never be. Deviancy means assisted suicide becomes healthcare and executioners are healthcare providers dedicated to giving patients more treatment options. If normalcy is attached to gender or intersectional identity, the desire of an individual is to be a perfect model of one's group. A Jew to be Jewish becomes a stereotypical Jew. A gay seeks to exhibit the quality of gayness to its limit. But a person's normalcy is not tied to our physical appearance, other than in the limited sense of being physically normal. But if our identity does not rest in a group identity, is humanity just individual identities? Where is the commonality that defines the norm? A norm is not just the average incidence of a factor. A norm can and must encompass a range of differences. The norm has to have more than one representative in the class of normal things. If deviance exists, there must be a norm or standard for it to diverge from. If a standard exists, it more than opens the door to the possibility of deviancy, it guarantees it. But deviancy is not just things outside of the normal range of variation. For example, a sexual deviant is not just someone who prefers plumper women or short ladies. Deviants move beyond sexuality into something darker that virtually cancels the sexual aspect. A normal has personal predilections, but these preferences exist within the normal range of variation and therefore are reconcilable into a category of behaviors. Normal people engage in normal sex even though the details vary a great deal. The sex of deviants does not even constitute sex in the understanding we have of the act. The mechanisms of the market are able to encompass all economic events in the normal sense of business activity. Deviant economic behavior bypasses the market and the processes of business. This is why deviancy ought never to be confused with radicalized normal behavior. This is also why it makes no sense to talk about the normalization of deviancy. Deviance through repetition and familiarization can become commonplace and more acceptable, but it is never normal. Normalcy is not defined by statistical probability. Deviancy is not determined by its rarity. We can observe that mental sickness has become the norm or the prevalent condition, but that does not make mental sickness normal. One cannot normalize mental illness except in a perverse sense of the word. 
Is mental illness normal in a psychiatric hospital? If it was, there would be no grounds for treating the patients. Mental illness and mental deviancy may predominate, but they are never normal in the sense that deviance is by definition an abnormal condition. But this begs the question as to the nature of normalcy. A normal human being is connected and therefore his life is complementary. Some people call this condition equal. It means he or she has the same value as those he or she is connected to. Normal people are not outside of the class of things called normal persons. If one is the same nature or substance as the others in his class, he is a member of that class. This is normal. Conservatives, of course, seek to maintain, preserve, and embrace normalcy, though they do not always do this systematically or with much effect. Normology is the study of normality. Normologists recognize three types of classes of persons. The one type is subnormal or dependent on those who ought to be compatriots. This class is parasitic and its members retarded in development. Their deviancy depends largely on their ability to expropriate resources from normal human beings. Their deviancy is often the means by which they are able to justify or legitimize their expropriations. The second class of persons are entropic. There is not enough energy in the system to create parasites or complementary divisions of labor. Members are mostly independent and self-reliant, but they have a limited capacity to help each other. They are equal to their fellow man in that they produce for their own needs, but mutual support is minimal and geared to survival. A true normal not only maintains himself, he does it in a complementary way. The true normal is a specialist. It is not normal to be modular or a duplicate of all other members of one's class of things. But it is not normal to be unrelated to all classes of things. One must be a member of a class of normal persons to be considered normal. But the question is what are the parameters that define normalcy? If normalcy is a norm, then it is an ideal to which people aspire to. Most people think of what is normal as what is the most common. There is justification for this kind of thinking, but that definition is subjective and not a useful source of policy. To understand normalcy, better consider the worst-case scenario for deviancy. This would be an environment in which normalcy is maximally destroyed. There is no complementary support and no faith. We can correlate deviancy with chaos. In a fully deviant system, everyone has their own gender identifier, there is no economy, no faith, no one does anything another wants, and relationship are no more. There is in a deviant system, no complementarianism. Perhaps we could go so far as to say every person in a fully deviant environment is a species unto themselves. But if there is no room for cooperation, there is competition. Deviancy is a gradual escalation of a war of all against all. Deviancy is fueled by hate. Hate divides and division is integral to deviancy. The deviant is more focused on dividing from others than anything else. The ideology of freedom often serves as an excuse for division and a curtain behind which hate can grow. What is normal is what unites. But even here there are things to take notice of. Two identical units would have a difficult time complementing each other. This is a seeming paradox of the normalization process. Equality is not homogeneity. A weightlifter and sprinter are not made equal by becoming swimmers. Nor would such a move produce normal athletes. Normality must start with the intrinsic uniqueness of all things.
It is not a uniqueness that correlates with deviancy, however. The uniqueness is complementary, not divisive. But there has to be faith as the key to bringing complementary abilities together. Normalcy creates unity and cooperation because there is an inherent compatibility between normal degrees of variance. Normalcy contains a level of difference needed for a true relationship, which is why there is sexual dimorphism. Normalcy is ontological in that it is driven by vision, not by past events. Deviancy is a shift in focus from ontology to causality. A normal strives towards whereas deviants flee from. Deviants are victims of a traumatic past. What we have to do, however, is to cease seeing normal as a physical configuration or set of physical norms. Normalcy as it pertains to humanity is more about epistemology than physicality. What is normal is a way of thinking about truth, reality, and each other. A normal human being is a social human being. One cannot be human unless one is normal, and to be normal one has to create normalcy with other humans. Normalcy is established through agreement through common assent. Normalcy requires coherency to be achieved. A normal economy can reconcile its accounts. If my work is subsidized or my costs are being paid for by society and future generations, reconciliation is not possible. By definition, I am a deviant. The norm is a balanced or complementary account. But to have an account in the first place, there has to be the creation of value. To create value, there must be a way to validate the worth of things. This is the market. The market requires the equal participation of all persons to be fully operational. It is through a fully operational market that utilizes the value creating of all persons that normalcy is established. It is by the individual's participation in a market that coherency is determined. Deviancy is individuality for its own sake, whereas normalcy is individuality for the sake of others. This is complementarianism, which means being something unique so as to produce something valued by others in a way that makes them useful and increases the complementary coefficient of the system one is in. The complementary coefficient is a measure of normalcy defined by the reconcilable economic activity of a community. In economic terms, the complementary coefficient correlates with the level of economic activity occurring in the market per person per unit of time compared to a base year. In a very real sense, normalcy exists as economic progress is evidence. By evidence is meant as measured by means of proper accounting practices. Deviants do not create progress nor are they an engine of economic development. 